broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of What's the Plan? On this episode, we have Mr. Louis Panetta. He's the president of the California Grand Jurors Association. We have a wonderful conversation about a little known, a little known piece of uh, civic duty, the civil grand jury and uh, Mr. Panetta's role in it. And it's a, it's a fascinating conversation. You're going to stick around for the whole half hour. But before we get to the program, let me remind you of our sponsor, Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, they can help your business find great staff. Also, if you're an employee, they can help you find a great job, level up. So uh, give them a call today, 831-920-1857. Again, that's 831-920-1857. Or you can always just Google Express Employment Monterey County. All right. This program also, I'm going to remind you about this. We can also find us on the internet at whatstheplanmonterey.com, or you can search for us on podcast platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you can listen to all of our previous episodes with thought leaders from Monterey County. Lots of great conversations out there. Go and explore the archives because I'm telling you, there's some some really great shows in our catalog. We're getting close to number 100, by the way. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Panetta, for joining the program today. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome, Paul. It's nice to be here and I appreciate your having us. Thank you. Great. So you are, tell us a little bit about the Monterey County Grand Jury and your position in the Monterey County Grand Jury and uh, and a little bit how you came to, maybe a little bit about your personal history and how you came to um, learn about it and want to be a member of the grand jury. Okay. Let me, uh, let me first um, tell you the difference between the California Grand Jurors Association, of which I'm president, and then the Monterey County Civil Grand Jury. I uh, served on the Monterey County Grand Jury in 2014-2015. Subsequent to that, I became a trainer for the California Grand Jurors Association. And I still am a trainer. I serve on the board, uh, and right now I am uh, I'm board president. The California, or excuse me, the Monterey County Grand Jury uh, changes every year, and I will I'll put that in perspective in a minute. Uh, but the uh, the Grand Jury Association has a chapter in Monterey County, so that may be a, a little confusing. But CGJA, the association, California Grand Jurors Association, has thirty chapters statewide. We have three hundred and thirty members, and we have a very new chapter right here in Monterey that we're very excited about. If I can take a minute, Paul, and describe the difference between civil grand juries, criminal grand juries, and trial juries, that might help a lot of people understand uh, what we do, because there is a lot of confusion. Most people know about the trial jury. They get called for jury duty, and often they say, I'm really glad I got out of it, Uh, though some people do find it enlightening to serve on it trial jury. Grand juries are different, and there's two kinds of grand jury. The grand jury most people read about is the criminal grand jury, where the district attorney will impanel a grand jury and ask them to review evidence. And when the grand jury finds enough evidence, they bring an indictment, and hence charges are 
filed. And that's not what we do. We are a civil grand jury. And the California civil grand jury system's whole purpose is to review local government. We are a watchdog. And oddly enough, uh, we are the only state, the only state of the 50 that in its constitution mandates a civil grand jury to overview local government. So that was in the original constitution back in 1850. And every year, every county impanels a grand jury of 19 to review what's going on in the county and its cities, its special districts, its school districts, uh, community colleges, anything that falls under the auspices of the county. That That's fascinating. So, so to, to kind of put a finer point on it, the uh, in New York State recently, they were um, there was a grand jury indictment for President Trump or uh, former President Trump. And then that, that bunch of um, prosec- prosecutors uh, resigned during the grand jury, presumably because something happened in the grand jury. That would be a criminal grand jury. Is that correct? That is exactly right. And now uh, this. So and another example I have is, is I, Wendy Rudescu is a frequent guest on this program. Sure. And she, as you probably are well aware, the county sheriff for Monterey County was, you know, there was there was some allegations against the county sheriff. Correct. And she's mentioned that, oh, we should have this watchdog group over the county sheriff. And as I'm understanding what you're saying, the um, the California Grand Juror Association or the California Grand Jurors for Monterey County would be the ones, you would be the one that would train them, but they would be the ones that would provide, um, at least listen to a, prosec- a prosecutor um, bring the case against a county official like the sheriff. Is that correct? Or can you speak almost, to that? Almost, almost correct, Paul. <laughs> the um, what, what Wendy is proposing is an ongoing process where there is a group watching over the sheriff's department. The Monterey County Civil Grand Jury has the authority to do an investigation. It would be during the course of the term they serve, during their one-year service, they would perform an investigation and they would write a report that contains findings and recommendations. That's the that's the only voice the civil grand jury has is to write a report with their findings and recommendations. The sheriff department then would be required, mandated by law, to respond to their recommendations and say the grand jury is wrong. Uh, It's not like that. The grand jury uh, is right and we agree and we are going to implement the recommendation by some certain date uh, or partially agree. There's a lot of levels of it, but it's not. It wouldn't be anything that the DA would be involved in if the civil grand jury were to find uh, some uh, misconduct in office or something fraudulent. They would then just turn it over to the DA and be out of it. The DA could then impanel a criminal grand jury to pursue it. Ah, so it's it's more of a an investigative it's an investigative body that that looks into things. So another example might be so recently in Pacific Grove we covered in the program last week one of the, again with a sheriff uh, or a um, police officer with the city of Pacific Grove was let go because of uh, some some bumper sticker that he had on his car that was perceived right. to be white supremacy. And would the grand jury adjudicate or at least investigate whether or not whatever municipal code that they fired that officer under was in fact legal? Could that be something they would do? They could. They could investigate that and write a report. The civil grand jury has uh, no mandate to force an action. Basically, it's a group of citizens reporting to citizens who then can take the information and do what they did 
determined. So a, uh, a group of the citizens obviously can vote somebody out of office. They can recall an official. Uh, they can take it to the DA and ask the DA to take care of it. But uh, it would be a one-off investigation. They would report and, and that would be. But they, they certainly could look into that, particularly the process and the uh, human resource component of how that was handled. Yeah. And whether or not, even if the whatever bylaw or whatever whatever was used was legal, they could they could probably weigh in on it at least to help help out the local municipality. The, they could. I I read in the um this you sent a document basically explaining uh, what a grand jury does, and I read in there that each county is required each year to do a certain investigation. Can you talk about or do an investigation of some entity in the county? Can you talk a little bit more about that? You got down into the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was an interesting document, and and that's kind of an interesting requirement that every county is required to investigate something inside the county every year. Right. So it's kind of interesting. The penal code, the penal code requires every grand jury to do at least one report on some aspect of the county and write a report that contains findings and recommendations. Grand juries do more than that with 19 people. They organize into several different investigative committees. One committee will look at only city affairs, one committee, county agencies, law enforcement, education, and so forth, child support services, whatever there is. So there's a lot of different investigations going on during the course of the year. The, the mandate is one, but a grand jury normally would have seven or eight uh, different reports to uh, to publish. And if uh, if uh, if any of the uh, if any of the listeners wanted to go and see what the grand jury does, uh, simply put Superior Court, Monterey Court, something like that in Google. And when you come to the court's homepage, scroll all the way to the bottom, click on grand jury, and they'll have all of the reports for probably the last 10 or 12 years, all of the investigations that were conducted and all of the responses made by the agencies. So if you want to get a real good picture over the last few years of the goings on in the county, uh, you kind of have a backstage pass if you just go and take a look at some of that stuff. I'm sure some of the the folks from the Carmel Pinecone are probably reading that. <laughs> so I, I also want, I want to ask you a quick question. This is uh, interesting to me. So recently, like the Supreme Court of the United States just weighed in on the, the legality or whether or not OSHA had the uh, authority, the mandated authority uh, to, you know, mandate vaccines for workers. Right. And, and so that basically the the superior or, you know, the Supreme Court was figuring out whether or not it was within the law for, for this regulatory body to do something. And I'm wondering, is there a grand jury function like for the California Coastal Commission? Because sometimes I wonder when I see stuff that they they're doing, is it within what, what they have, whatever has been delegated to them by the, by the Senate or the legislators of California, if what they're doing is actually in their charter or something that they should be doing, is that something a grand jury would look at? The the civil grand jury uh, does not look at state agencies. They they are um, focused on what's going on in the county. But there are two organizations that would look at something like that. The state auditor is one and the Little Hoover Commission is another. The state auditor is mostly driven by the legislature. The Little Hoover Commission has a little more latitude in what they can go take a look at. But both of those are watchdog agencies over state agencies. Mm, okay. Yeah. And that there's a lot of stuff, even locally, like uh, the the um, short-term rental laws and, and things like that, that that kind of fall into that regulation thing. And, and there's probably a lot of laws where they could get cross-threaded and maybe end up uh, doing a little bit more than they should be or get a little bit over overzealous with enforcement. Um, can you... I, I was wondering, can you just tell some examples? Because 
I was reading in in the document that you sent, um, there was lots of, of pretty good examples and kind of fun examples. Can you, because a lot of this is kind of heady and, and maybe a listener would be listening to this and think, okay, that's great. There's these people that are supposed to hold the government accountable. And, uh, but it's kind of nebulous how they do that. So how would, like explain from soup to nuts, like how, how does an investigation or a report get triggered? And then what are some of the exciting or interesting outcomes of those uh, reports and investigations? And, and the more specific or the more specific you can be, the better. I know there's probably some limits to how specific you can be. But Yeah, so that's a really good question. The, uh, the, there's really a couple of different sources of investigations. The, the key point, though, is that the civil grand jury chooses what to investigate by themselves. Nobody can tell the grand jury what to investigate. The presiding judge can't, the district attorney can't, county counsel or legal advisor can't. They decide themselves what they're going to investigate. And I, they get I, ideas. I, I, I want to ask you that real quick. Is that is that boundary ever penetrated? Like does does someone like a supervisor or a, a mayor kind of call a grand jury and say, hey, if you brought this would be a great idea to bring to the grand jury and possibly a politically motivated situation. Does that, has that been known to happen? Yeah. First of all, anybody can fill out a form and send it to the grand jury and request an investigation. So a supervisor can just the same as you or I, um, the grand jury does not have to accept any direction from anyone. There, there are examples where, um, some years ago, the, the mayor of Carmel asked the civil grand jury to investigate uh, the operation of the city government, and the grand jury decided to take up the investigation, but there was no requirement that they do that. They, they choose themselves. So they could go on personal background and experience. I, if, if I'm a financial analyst and I think that there's something to look at in the auditing department or human resources in the county, I could request my fellow grand jurors fill out a form, make a proposal, and there would have to be a, um, a supermajority uh, approval to go ahead and do that. So the grand jury as a body would decide. Um, it could be something out of the media. It could be a, a, a citizen complaint. Uh, the grand juries get lots of complaints. There's a form on, on the court website. Fill it out, send it in, and some of them get followed up and others get ignored. It, you know, it, it all depends. So that's, that's kind of the source of the investigations. Some of the recent ones uh, that we see, uh, and if I look at across the state, we see a lot of investigations on what to do about homeless. We see a lot of investigations on fire safety. You can almost tell uh, what the popular, <laughs> what the more popular topics are um, by the reports that, that get, uh, by the investigations that are made and the reports that get released. Locally, our grand jury has looked at the Salinas, Salinas Police Department, um, County Human Resources. You brought up uh, short-term rentals, and they have they have reviewed the um, all of the guidelines and mandates around short-term rentals. So uh, lots of lots of reports out there. Lots of investigations have been done. Uh, there's probably I'll bet if you go to the website, the Monterey County Court website, and look at the reports, there's probably a hundred over the last ten years. And all of those reports are, are publicly available and anybody can read it. They are all there. They're all downloadable. Anybody can read them. It's public record. And all of the responses to the findings and recommendations are there also. I don't, I don't want to get too far afield, but because I do, I'm interested in how a person becomes a uh, civil grand juror and, uh, 
and how much you're paid. Because I, I saw fifteen dollars a day, but I'm thinking that's a criminal grand jury. <laughs> but but but, no, uh, actually, but before we get to actually, that's it. <laughs> that is that's where you get paid fifteen dollars a day. So that's motivation the county, right there. Accounting can accounting can bump that, but <laughs> but the mandate. Uh, the mandate is at least fifteen dollars a day. As a so you're fact, basically going to get people who are independently wealthy. See that that seems like uh, it's a problem. Well, it ends up being people that are retired. Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time, and it's a year of service. And toward the end, when they're preparing reports and releasing reports, it could be twenty to twenty-five hours a week. So there's a there's That's a crazy. kind of a it falls to a certain demographic. Yeah, and I I don't know. I'm interested to see if there's any problems with that. But before I do, the real quick with the homeless is like, because there are vagrancy laws on the books, but we do not enforce them because of various, like I think previous court cases with the ACLU and probably California Supreme Court cases and other propositions and things. Um, what what did you, well, can you talk a little bit about the findings of the homeless uh, homelessness and why we can't enforce vagrancy laws or even, I think even like RVs parked in inconvenient places, you just, it's difficult to, to enforce those. And at least that's what I've heard from law enforcement. Yeah. I don't know really the, I don't, I don't know that there's been a local report done on homelessness. The, the homeless, the homeless issue that I brought up is pretty much a statewide because every it's everywhere. It's largely gotten problematic through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a tough issue everywhere. There, there was a lot of shelter-in-place uh, decisions that were made that scrapped all of the vagrancy things. Mm-hmm. But there's a large percentage of the population that want to support the homeless in some way. They, they, they want to help them, but there's lots of agencies involved. There's lots of confusion. There's government money. There's private, private. Uh, uh, charitable money and it's it, it's just really a tough one i uh, i'm i'm not a spokesman for the issue <laughs> yeah every every <laughs> guest i mean we've had mayors supervisors on and nobody everybody kind of is the response is the same as it's it's tough <laughs> and it is because we all we all do care about i mean i i I don't know a person that's that's uh, accomplished in the world that doesn't care about uh, humanity and the, and the individuals that are homeless. Of course, so, and it's just it's it's kind of sad to see. Um, getting back onto something more positive though is how would a person go about becoming a member of the grand jury? I read in the again in the document that you have to have a certain size of a pool. There's an application process. They probably have to uh, advocate on behalf of themselves because. That fifteen dollars a day—that's a heavy, hefty prize, Lou. Yeah, <laughs> to, to aim for. So you, you don't you don't do it for the money. No, um, absolutely not. So a, a civil grand juror has to be a citizen, has to be eighteen years old, has to uh, have no felonies, no 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 rap sheet, <laughs> and has to speak English. So beyond that, uh, anyone anyone—I mean—that's a pretty pretty broad qualification. The process is pretty simple. Along about April, you'll start to see ads in the Herald and in the Weekly to uh, to find people to volunteer and, and apply for the civil grand jury. And that application is right on the website that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So anyone anyone can apply. There is a, uh, there'll be an informational meeting. Usually it's in three locations in the county. Salinas, um, probably Monterey or somewhere on the peninsula. And then uh, South County would be Gonzales or King City, somewhere like that. Uh, There would be informational meetings. People would attend. If they are interested, they would sign up for an interview. 
And then there is uh, one day where three hours are set aside at one of the courthouses. People go in, meet the presiding judge, and uh, some of the California Grand Jurors Association uh, members, uh, myself and some others, will go help the court if they need it to interview prospective jurors. And then, um, and then a, uh, a random draw is conducted with all of those eligible and 30 are chosen. And then the first 19 are impaneled as the sitting civil grand jury and the other 11 are alternates and they serve for one year and then they're dismissed at the end of the year. If their work is not finished, the report does not get released. The investigation can be passed to the next grand jury, but because they have the uh, freedom or the authority to choose what to investigate, they don't have to continue it. They can, they may, but they don't have to. That's, that's uh, great. Um, you, and again, just to, the, it's a Monterey County um, website, so it's really difficult to uh, say the URL, but if you just Google Monterey County civil grand jury, it'll take you right to the, the yep. location and you can apply there. And so it's every June and July, I believe that the selection is made. Is that right? Yeah, it's usually in June, early June, and the uh, the term starts on July 1st. Do you have any difficulty finding participants to be on the grand jury? Well, not in Monterey. We have a pretty active citizenry, so there's usually a, a, a good group from which to choose. And the and I do the training in Monterey every year but because I live here, so this is an easy one for me. But the the, uh, the backgrounds of the 19 people are, are always amazing. There's people from law enforcement, from the legal, uh, from the legal side. There's people from finance and, and uh, engineers and lots of tech people, uh, people from ag. So you know whatever's going on in the county, there's going to be some people on that grand jury that have some some really you know deep background and knowledge that can can run a really good investigation. Some of the counties is much different. You know, I mean, we have Alpine County up north. There's 700 residents in no cities. It's very difficult for them to pull a grand jury together. And, and some years they can't do it. But um, uh, for the most part, I would say 56 out of the 58 counties, they're there every year and they've got a competent, hardworking group. That's yeah, that is fantastic. I um, I, I was wondering, um, as part of the grand jury, because, you know, other, you know, like the Rotary Club or uh the chamber, you have to sign usually a, a commitment form. So you have to be committed to show up for so much of the, you know, the, the things. And is there a process for like, if you, if you're not showing up enough or you have to commit to show up so much or else you'll get kicked off more or less. Yeah, that's a, that's a good <laughs> question too, because every grand jury writes their own procedures. Uh, all they have to do is stay within the law. But they can they can document and adopt their own procedures that has minimum requirements for attendance and what happens if they don't. Now they can't really throw somebody off the island, you know. They can't like like on Survivor. They they can't, they can't vote them off the island, but they can make a case that the procedures have been violated. They can go to the presiding judge, and the presiding judge, if they find out that there's somebody that's not making a contribution, and and hurting their impact, um, you know, that person can be removed. And maybe just grab one of the uh, alternates. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. And so what your resource, cause they all go to your training initially and they, you probably, uh, I would imagine uh, cover the items like how to conduct an investigation, how to write the paper, probably something on writing skills or at least the, the yeah. formality and the format of the writing. Um, exactly right. 
are you available too to these people after they've been selected? Are you an ongoing resource so they can just call you and say, "Hey, Mr. Panetta, I, uh, you know, we can't figure this out or that. We need you to come in and kind of like provide some expert uh, advice." Yeah, we absolutely are. They get uh, at the end of the education, which is a two-day program. Uh, they get our contact information, and we encourage them to call us if they have any questions. The The Grand Jury Association also has what we call the Legal and Legislative Resource Committee, which is a group of attorneys whose job it is to answer more technical questions. If somebody is questioning me about the law, I would certainly just pass it to them. I'm not an attorney. I'm a business guy. So um, I, I know how the grand jury should operate and what the rules are for confidentiality and so forth. But, a, but an interpretation of the law, I would pass to legal legislative resource. So we have a lot of resources to help grand juries. Um, on the website, there's a, a complete section about grand jury um, resources. There's sample documents. There's report formats and templates. There's previously well-written reports. Just a, a wealth of stuff for them. It, 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 if they use it, it, it just will help enormously. That's awesome. Uh now I've heard this is I've heard this from legislators, and this is both I think criminal and civil grand juries. It's kind of like you know how the NFL uh, back in like the eighties you'd get a you'd get a, a NFL referee that was a, a gym teacher, right? You know, and he would he would go off and he'd he'd be at the Super Bowl on Sunday and then telling his kids about it on uh, on Monday. There have been some arguments, and I think some states even have adopted some a professional grand jury. In, at some levels of government, uh, has that ever been discussed in the state of California? Some form of, uh, like you would be a professional grand juror for like a year or two or more, you know, and, and, and it would be more of a, uh, like an ongoing profession. That way you would get a certain amount of expertise established in the grand juries. That, uh, to my knowledge, that's never been um, anything that has gotten any traction. It, it may have been discussed, uh, but the, the whole idea of the civil grand jury is a group of citizens with the authority to walk into a supervisor or a mayor's office, sit down, ask questions that they have to answer, require documents and records that they have to provide, and then answer and respond to their recommendations. So it's, it's, it really is a very, it, it's really the truest form of democracy. A, a, a common citizen can go to an elected official and just really get under the covers. That is phenomenal. Well, before we go, Mr. Panetta, I want to say this is that um, there's a there's a show called Econ Talk. Uh, it's a podcast, actually. It's done. And and he had a, a woman on there that wrote a book about the history of fabric. And it was all about how women spent their time, you know, just making thread back in the 1800s and 1900s, or I mean, early 1900s and 1800s. And they spent all this time. And, and when I first started off, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be boring. I'm going to I'm going to listen to this woman talk about uh, you know the history of thread and, and fabric. <laughs> and we're about an hour into it. I'm like, this is fascinating. And uh, I'm not casting an aspersion. I'm just saying it sounds boring on the surface, but it is endlessly fascinating to talk to you, Mr. Panetta. So before we go, um, thank you so much for being an advocate, but is there anything you want to say before we go? Um, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say that the, uh, the, the Civil Grand Jury Association trains 1,200 grand jurors every year. We train presiding judges. We, we train legal advisors. We, we train uh, four persons, and uh, we, we just really work hard. We're all volunteers. No one gets paid. 
we have 330 members that are out there trying to make California better. So uh, my hat's off to all of the people that do that. Is uh, There's a lot of great people in California, and we need to remember that. Yeah, you, uh, thank you so much for what you do. And uh, just just so we know, we didn't mention it, but he is, is uh, not of any known relation to uh, Jimmy and Leon Panetta. But um, Lou, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, I, you, you, you seem like a great guy that, you know, if you, there was a dinner party, you get, you get, uh, sit, seated next to, uh, uh Mr. Lupinetta and, uh, I'm sure people just start, they start off and they just ask you uh, a ton of questions and you never get to ask them any questions. So uh, very kind of you to say that. Thank <laughs> you. And I do appreciate your looking through the literature because you had great questions. Well, thank you so much. And you can come back anytime if you want to, or if you want to, uh, maybe uh, try to get some uh, participation in the grand juries later in the year. So thanks. Yeah, I'd like uh, to Mr. do that. That'd be good. All right. Thank take you. Care. A pleasure. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week's program. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Lou Panetta, the president of the California grand jurors association, Mr. Mark Carbonaro, greatest producer in the business who produced this show today. And of course, David Marzetti hosted the Saturday morning shag bag radio show at 9 a.m. right here on 1460 a.m and 101.1 FM. Our sponsor today is Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. You're going to want to Google Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County or call 831-920-1857, and there you will find the answers to your staffing needs. Or if you're looking to level up in your current employment, you can give them a call and they will help you find a job. Again, Google Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County or Express employment of Monterey County, or you can just call 831-920-1857. Thanks to Express. Okay, well, stick around because there's more great programming right here on 101.1 FM and 1460 AM. Thank you, and have a great week.